get his hair. I have not because he's, he's got a new hat. He's, oh. uh, he's keeping the hair under wraps. So uh, I know the deal. I, I get it. He, I guess he has taken it off a couple times, but he's got it under wraps. So, uh, no, there hasn't been the opportunity to say too much. But speaking of saying too much, uh, there's some weeks where I, I wonder, I honestly wonder what we're going to talk about. There's not much goes on, but uh, that hasn't happened much this, this year, this <laughs> no. season. And, and I feel like today is no exception. I, no. I, I feel like we'll be talking a lot about goaltending and a lot about Connor McDavid. Well, uh, and, and stuff. Yeah, go. Let's, let, let's, let, let's start with Connor McDavid because. Okay. Um, you tweeted out a couple of, I, I thought, very thoughtful tweets about uh, his year, like his calendar year, 2023. Uh, and he, like, this is a career year for a career player. This is this is the, the best hockey player of his era. Uh, and it's still not good enough in some smir- circles. And maybe talk to them about, uh, like, maybe hockey players, they don't get overlooked in a lot of ways, but in, sometimes they do. And in Connor McDavid's case, that clearly has happened. Yeah, I, I, I think we're talking about the athlete of the year here, yeah. and uh, in Canada, that was announced yesterday. Um, I just I can't for the life of me understand why Connor McDavid wasn't the athlete of the year, and 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 there's a, there's a lot of different ways to kind of break this down, right? Um, you know, SGA had a, had a wonderful year on the court and, and did some things um, uh, that no Canadian has done in the international stage or on the international stage. Uh, helping Canada in a lot of ways. But, again, you're looking at the best hockey player in the world, without question. Uh, one of the best, like, you know me, Al, like I've said this several times, I think Connor McDavid is an all-time player. I think when his career is over, he'll be, you know, a top-five player in, in the history of the game. Now, Connor McDavid just had his best season, uh, and, and you might – not you, but somebody might dispute that. If you if you look at 2021, I think um, the shortened year when he had 105 points in 56 games. I, I think by uh, you know by hockey references, uh, you know uh, standards in terms of uh, adjusted scoring, I think that one was a touch better. But I think last year was better. Um, you know when you look at him playing all the teams in the league, travel being uh, more intense. Uh, you know they had those mini series uh, a couple of years ago or a few years ago. Uh, and uh, over 82 games, and what he did was was absolutely remarkable last year. You know, look at the look at look at uh, look at the picture at the awards. <laughs> he had four trophies beside him. Two uh, voted um, uh, were voted one by the media, one by the players, and, and two based on what he did on the ice in terms of the goals and the points. So, uh, the best season um, of his career, and one of the best seasons in the, in the history of the NHL. And that wasn't enough to, to get him the athlete of the year in, in this country. It, it, it's very bizarre. Um, you know, and, and I think hockey players do get overlooked. And, and that's maybe a good thing in this country. I mean, Wayne Gretzky's won four of these awards. And when he won, there was nowhere near the depth of field in terms of athletes in this country. Um, There's just a few years, you know, you know about, by the time Gretzky was, was leaving or just about to leave Edmonton in 1988, Canada hosted an Olympic Games where, you know, we as a country did not win a single gold medal. So that doesn't happen anymore, uh, you know, summer or winter. And you look at how, how strong our depth of field is at so many great sports. Um, you know, that's a testament to uh, the athletes that are being produced in this country. And that's, a, I think, a really great thing. But if Connor McDavid can't win that award uh, with the season that he had last year, he might never win that award. And for, you know, an all-time great player like that to not 
be named athlete of, of the year, um, I think would be kind of a huge blemish. And uh, last year, or this this year, based on his last year and his calendar year, uh, I, I think he really should have been been the guy. And I think it's an oversight, quite frankly. Well, and I also think that there's a there's a credibility factor in order to be held in high regard. Uh, I, I think you have to be you have to sort of reflect reality. And and I I do believe some of these awards, and I'm not trying to be uh, a jerk about it, but I think sometimes if there's a major accomplishment in a sport outside hockey, that tends to get sway because it becomes titillating or newsworthy that it is in fact the player of the year or the team of the year or whatever the case may be. But but I think you you do it at the at, at maybe the cost of the credibility of the actual award itself. Yeah, it's and it's really hard to judge. Like you know, somebody doing so well in one sport uh, compared to another and all that. And you know, I mentioned twenty twenty one, and Damian Damian Warner won the athlete of the year, and and I think for good reason. You know, again, Connor McDavid had a short year that year. Uh, Damian Warner wins gold medal at the decathlon, where you're voted the world's greatest athlete. Or that's, or that's kind of the moniker of somebody who wins that. So if you're the world's greatest athlete, I guess you should be Canada's top athlete, right? So, there, you know, it is challenging. But you're right. You know, you look at sometimes um, Canadians um, doing so well or, or establishing, um, you know, a first uh, in their particular sport based on what a Canadian has done, and that kind of devalues or, or uh, over over. Uh, uh, overlooks, I guess, what a, what a hockey player uh, does. So, uh, and it's not a case of you know, uh, you know, an NHL player winning this award every second year or whatever. Um, Carey Price in 2015 was the last Canadian to uh, to win the award. So, um, it, again, I think it speaks to the depth of field. You know, you look at uh, other Canadians have won this award. I mean, Bobby Clark won it in the mid 70s. A player like Bobby Clark, with due respect, uh, very good player, a Hall of Fame player, would never win that award today. But, again, we're looking at Connor McDavid, who's not your run-of-the-mill NHL player, not your run-of-the-mill Canadian NHL player. He is already an all-time player and, and, and certainly will be when his career is over. And, and I don't think he's going to be able to win this award now if he can't win it based on a season like he just did. And, and again, I think that's a, that'll be a blemish and, and uh, something obviously he has no control over. But uh, I think an oversight on the committee's part to not give him that award this season. Daniel Nugent Bowman, our guest from The Athletic on Sports 1440 and the Lowdown with Low Tide. I, I, I appreciated McDavid's comments about Connor Bedard. I'm sure he was, you know, ready for them and, and has spoken about Bedard's abilities, uh, before, but I, I do like what he said. Uh, and it is, I know that you wrote an article, uh, co-wrote an article about the, the big event tonight. And this is going to happen a lot just because Bedard is the, the next, the next big thing and we'll, We'll find out if he's the next McDavid. I, I, I would never put that on him because I think that's unfair to young players. Uh, but having said that, Bedard has been a big part of the Chicago Blackhawks this year, and he's a fun player to watch. Oh, absolutely. And, and you, you referenced the, the piece that uh, I wrote in, in uh, uh, cooperation with my colleague, uh, Mark Lazarus. And, and, and the, the way we looked at it, it's like, well, first of all, McDavid's the older guy in this, uh, in this rivalry, which is funny at age 26, right? But uh, you know, for him coming into the league, Sidney Crosby was the standard, right? Like he was the guy that McDavid was, was striving for. Um, now the standard is Connor McDavid and it's Connor Bedard, who obviously has a long way to go. McDavid is closing in on 900 points here before his age, uh, uh, before he turns 27. Like that's you know incredible. 
But uh, McDavid's the one who set the standard, and, and Bedard has, uh, is, um, is kind of the next great Canadian hockey player, so we think. And so, um, you know, he's the guy who's going to be looking to, although his idol was Sidney Crosby, given the age, um, it's Connor McDavid now that, that he's got to strive towards. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of the next, to me, the next kind of great um, era, t- or, you know, a rivalry that kind of spans an, an extra era where McDavid's the guy who's been in the league for a few years now. It's unbelievably it's his ninth season. Uh, Bedard in his first and, and he's got something to, to strive for here. So um, yeah, the one thing that, that kind of came up around the rink tonight was, was the, was the start time. And, and I, obviously media members like to gripe, gripe about this, but uh, I heard from executives from players saying like, why on earth is this game at, at eight o'clock here locally, which is 10 o'clock obviously in the East and nine o'clock. Uh, in Chicago, um, it, uh, it, it's what should be a very big game and what certainly is a very big game, but these two players, I, I think, won't get the quite nearly the audience as it, as it maybe could have. So that's probably a disappointing way to look at it, but I think it should be a great matchup tonight. Well, it's also four hours after dark in this town, so it's a lot, you know, <laughs> it's it's late for us old people. Um I want to talk to you about the goaltending because we have talked at length about lots of things. Goalie has been central. Stuart Skinner has righted the ship. Uh, Jack Campbell playing right now in uh, Bakersfield, 1-1 tie. He's faced 28 shots and stopped 27 of them. But And we, we assumed that at some point in time Campbell would be recalled, and that may in fact happen. But certainly Calvin Pickard gave everybody something to think about with his performance against uh, on the weekend against New Jersey. Yeah, and, and let's let's be clear here too. Like the team is playing so much better in front of the goaltenders, right? Like uh, I think the Oilers were the for the far better team for the whole night against New Jersey. And obviously, there's some score effects in the third period where New Jersey kind of pushed a little bit, especially late. Pickerstand stood tall, and um, you know the one goal he did allow to Jesper uh, Broad, I believe, was you know, he didn't really have much of a hope on that. It was maybe the one time in the game where the defense kind of let him down a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think right now there's no real need to make a change. And I, I say that knowing that, that Cal Pickard is, is not the answer here. Uh, he's the number three goal center for a reason. Uh, this is, you know, there's going to have to be some change, whether it's Jack Campbell playing out of his mind in Bakersfield and you feel confident uh, that he can be the backup or the, you know, 1B uh, for the rest of the year. But I think obviously most, you know, more more likely, you know, the Ken Holland and management is going to have to go out and get a goaltender somewhere. I don't know who that guy is um, or, or when that happens, but I, I think at some point they're going to have they're going to have to make a trade. And um, uh, at least right now, uh, Cal Pickard and, and obviously Stuart Skinner is getting the bulk, bulk of the load. Uh, the start, you know, they've, they've at least calmed the waters a bit and uh, given management some time to not go and have to make a panic move, um, um, you know, because that, that's an area that's going to be, need to be addressed at some point. So um, kudos to the goaltenders, kudos to the team in front of the, uh, the goaltenders uh, for the way that they play defensively because um, it, it's, it, it, it's bought management some time, I think, clearly here. Daniel Nugent Bowman, and uh, I'm going to say a sound effects library behind him today. I, this is the second time in a row, Daniel. Last time it was, I believe, uh, a siren. We've had a siren today. It sounded like an old-style phone ringing. Where the hell are you, sir? 
I'm on 101 and, and Jasper, I was uh, having a little uh, lunch, <laughs> so I apologize. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got some buses. I've tried to keep it as quiet as I, ca- as I could, but uh, and I, I got to get more into the studio because that's, that's the only time you seem to be able to get me clear. Yeah, oh, I man. <laughs> I, I swear I heard an old-time phone, and I thought I was watching the Rockford Files. Honestly, it was pretty funny. Um, I also want to talk to you about uh, two things. Connor Brown and, and his situation, he's penalty killing well. Scored, it didn't count, which sucks. But he seems to be getting a little closer to real. And then Dylan Holloway, when he's ready to come back, I, I'm not sure where he'll play. So maybe you can talk about Brown and then Holloway uh, okay. together. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I, you got a feel for for a guy who's now into uh, you know pushing twenty games. Uh, I think he's at nineteen, I believe now because he missed six and he hasn't scored. And I mean, he hit the post the, the previous game and he gets the one wipe back. And you know, he's trying to take it in good stride. And I know that's not what any Oilers fan wants to hear because you know with, with this bonus kicking in, you know, it's not a four million dollar player for this season on the cap, but that's kind of how he is because. A lot of money is going to next year's cap, and it's not ideal, right? But um, he's giving you something, right? He's, he's penalty killing. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's enough there at five-on-five five quite yet because that line with Payne and Drysaddle hasn't really been going as well as, as you'd probably want it to be. Um, you got to think, I think he's hoping anyway, that the you know he gets one or two and then the dam kind of breaks because he's a guy who can score, right? He's he scored 30 goals in this league, at least at least on the prorated uh, scale on the one year. So, um, a guy that um, that that you 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 need like the Oilers need more from. Him. Like let's let's be real, but at least he's he's pushing the play forward and and giving you something. Um, eventually, I think I think you'll get something more out of him in terms of of, of production. Hallway, you're right. I mean, the team's going right now. It's it's when when the team wins seven games in a row. You kind of wonder where this guy fits. Now, having said that, there's no question they can find a spot for him because, you know, I think the fourth line is, is not really an NHL, um, you know, quite the NHL caliber line that you want to, you know, everyone loves Sam Gagne, great guy. I, I, you know, he's at the end of his career. Derek Ryan's the oldest guy on the team. I, you know, he's penalty killing, uh, you know, with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I don't think you're taking him out. James Hamlin, obviously, is the center is uh, still very early in his career and not somebody that um, that I, I don't think you'd, you'd be banking on long long term. So I, anyway, I think there's the opportunity. I know you wrote about it out to put him next to um, uh, Ryan McLeod and, and you could drop uh, Yanmark down. So uh, there's there's some opportunities, I, I think, there for Holloway. I have no doubt that given the, the time off and the fact that he obviously wasn't producing very much beforehand, that he'll probably be eased back in the lineup in the bottom six. And, uh, you know, somebody that I think pretty highly of and, and uh, you know, if he can kind of get his footing, um, maybe somebody who can, especially if a guy like Connor Brown uh, isn't performing or there are injuries, I, I, a guy that I still have high hopes that could um, sometime sooner than later-ish uh, work his way into the top six. So um, I think there's there's room for Dylan Holloway in this team and, and um, yeah, I think he'll be back sooner than later. Final one, Philip Broberg has scored for Bakersfield today, uh, and down there he's playing a lot, which is exactly what they need. How long do you think they'll run Ben Gleason without playing him before he has to go down and kind of get freshened up? Um, I, I don't mean to sound glib, but I, I think it's kind of like long as, as they want. 
Ben Gleason is a nice organizational piece. Uh, he did very well in the preseason, very well in training camp. But, uh, I, you know, he's nothing more than kind of your injury replacement type of guy. And that's exactly why he's here right now, to be the number seven defenseman. Um, you could you could send it like uh, the team's winning. And Chris Boblock was very clear um, when he spoke about Broberg, I think it was last week, um, that he likes a sixth defenseman and they're not coming out. So um, as long as everyone's healthy, as long as the team is playing well, uh, Phil Broberg isn't coming up. And if you want to freshen Gleason down, you can flip him. Um, although you would, you know, I guess he doesn't need waivers at this point. So yeah, you could, you could flip him for somebody else and let that other guy uh, do that role. Um, but I, I don't think there's any worry about, you know, him not playing or any type of like rust because you you don't need him. And, and quite frankly, if an injury popped up, I, I think you're, you're, you're flipping uh, Gleason pro- probably for Broberg anyway. So um, I, I think the, the Gleason situation here is, is one of their uh, least concerns right now. Final one. And I'm asking this because I've been asked to ask you this. Uh, the, 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 the amount of praise that Paul Coffey has gotten uh, from the defenseman, from the actual defenseman, tells us that he's having an impact, even if it's just verbal and gaining confidence. Uh, but there's a lot of people who are saying, well, you know, Mark Stewart's a part of this group, too. Yeah. Um, and, and I like I get that. But as somebody who covers it, how difficult is it to, to parse credit and does it matter? But but it seems like whatever they're doing with the, the the new head coach in Knobloch and then Coffee and Stir, it's working well. And and maybe it doesn't matter who gets credit. Yeah, it, yeah. I, I don't I don't really have the the credit answer for you. Although we we know that um, Mark Stewart is the one responsible for the penalty kill. Uh, Coffee certainly is more the defense. Uh, you know, five on five. I would say with Coffee, and we had a nice a couple of us had a nice chat with, with Vinny Darnay this morning. Um, the way he's kind of instilled confidence in the group is something. So, uh, Dayarnay was talking about a mistake that he made in one game and uh, it, it made the Oilers kind of get hemmed up, hemmed in their zone. And uh, he's like, oh man, he went to the bench. He's like, I, I knew it. I know what I did wrong. But Coffey just kind of gave him a t- top on the shoulder and said, hey, you know, right? You know what you did? Yep, okay. And, and instead of, the, the, the point of that is um, to not let things linger and to just keep moving forward and, and, and not kind of uh, you know, have, have bad things kind of fester within. Uh, DeHarnay said his thought process was always, you know, he's, he knows what he is. He's the number six defenseman. He's not the puck mover of this group. It's let's get the puck out. I, I, I got to clear my zone. And now he's really taking an extra half second to make a play. And, and that's what Coffee wants is, is to move the puck and make a play. And so, you know, DeHarnay's his puck skills have, have improved a little bit. So uh, obviously, you know, you think we're talking about Vinny DeHarnay, the number six defenseman. When we're when we're thinking about that in the terms of you know Darnell Nurse has clearly played a lot better. Evan Bouchard looks like a top defenseman in the league. Like those guys are getting a lot more confidence from, from Paul Coffey. And uh, yeah, there's 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 some credit to uh, to be given out there to him. Uh, same with Mark Stewart on the penalty kill. So I don't know if parsing credit is is the most important thing rather than the, the job that's actually being done. Uh, by the coaches and um, what's actually taking place on the ice. So next week we're going to have you at an overpass on the Henday. See if we can get more noise. 
Uh, how about we do? Hmm, where would we, uh, we? We've done the airport. We've done. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I live close enough to the handing. Okay. We could do that. Yeah, right. sure, sure. Beautiful, beautiful. Daniel, have a great week. Thanks, man.